This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Michael Zuber with One Rental at a Time, and it is 7.30, Saturday, July 24th. And this is your daily financial news. Want to wish you all a good morning. Also want to remind you that if you like live streams where you get to ask questions, we will be doing that at 8 a.m. this morning or in about 30 minutes. I did a fun one yesterday just as a total goof and surprise, and it was well attended. Let's see how today is attended. A couple things I want to call out. Uh, First and foremost, I put out a video yesterday. I think it was posted at 8 p.m. Uh, that should shock you. Uh, it shocked me somewhere between a little and a lot, right? Kind of in the middle. It was shocking. I did not expect the data to come out. Uh, I created a video comparing housing, I don't know, housing affordability, housing, you know, payment as a part of income, 1980, 85. 90, 95, 2000, 2005, 2010, 2015, and 2020. And here is the shocking part. At least when you compare payment with income, right? Monthly payment, monthly gross income, housing in in 2020 was never more affordable. Lots of the talking heads out there on YouTube are saying prices are high, they got to fall. But if you watch my channel, it's not price, it's payment. Do the work. I know lots of these channels won't, so I went ahead and collected 40 years of data. I put it in an Excel spreadsheet. Anybody could look it up, take a screenshot, whatever you want to do. In reality, housing was more expensive in 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010. So, folks, do me a favor. Do the work. If you're sitting there thinking about real estate investing and you're hearing these people say housing is unaffordable and it's going to crash, do the work. Watch that video from yesterday. I've actually done more work on the data. I've actually added uh, 2021, which was not in the data. Uh, I've started adding increased interest rates to see what would happen. I will probably do a video on that later today. I've been working on it for the last couple of hours. And I've even created charts Some of you don't like reading Excel, so I created pretty line graphs. It'll come out later today. Next up, something I hope you've realized about this channel, One Rental at a Time, is I really do this business. I get the lion's share of my income. I retired financially free because of this business of being a real estate landlord. And I'm always posting videos in walkthroughs. Yesterday I posted, or actually this morning, I think it's 7 a.m. I got it yesterday, but I posted it today. The smallest tiny house walkthrough I've ever seen. This house was built in 1930s. We just went ahead and remodeled everything. And uh, we've actually expanded the kitchen inside this basically small square. And that uh, that unit now will rent for 850 or 900. So uh, that will be very interesting. Um, 
Can I receive a PDF of that? I don't know what that means. So in the end, uh, realized I do this business. And then lastly, we were lucky enough to talk with Matt, the mortgage guy yesterday after he spent some some time on Wall Street, uh, I think Thursday. Uh, mortgage 101 information is coming. I've got the videos. I'm loading them today. They'll be up either later today or tomorrow. Why is this important? As Matt, the mortgage guy indicated, that video number six is going to be one that needs to be looked at by all of my students. All of my students should understand how to read a mortgage statement. If you're in my class, you are looking to buy or refi or do something with a mortgage statement. Do yourself a video and watch video number six. Video number five, the one on um, jargon, we actually have to cut up. He created a video with 75 vocabulary words and the file is too big. Uh, so uh, we're going to have to slice that one up. But video six, seven, and eight will be loaded today, up today, or maybe tomorrow morning. Again, watch video six. It could save you thousands of dollars, which is amazing because you paid 300 bucks for the course. So kind of crazy. So a couple of things that I want to talk about as we get forward. The biggest shock of my morning is actually reading D.R. Horton's uh, earnings release. Uh, I actually read these things, uh, at least ones that most interest me. And it is... Um, you you all... Y'all should be a lot more upset. I mean, a lot of people that watch this channel are commenting about, hey, hedge funds are making it unaffordable and these build for rent communities are un just not fair and all these things. Well, buried inside D.R. Horton's earnings, they talk about the build for rent community. Uh, in Q2, which is the quarter they just reported, they sold their second community. Uh, they sold their second community for $23.1 million dollars. Their gross profit was $11.4 million. I did the math. That's a 49% gross margin. Folks, if I was a D.R. Horton shareholder, I would never want them to build a home. Um, I would never want them to build a home for a homeowner again. Their margins on a homeowner is about 23 24%. When they build for rent, it's 49%. In addition to that, they indicated they have $303 million uh, of assets being built in 44 communities. Folks, DR Horton has 44 more build for rent communities. Y'all didn't catch that in their earnings. Wow. And just for grins, if they match a 49% uh, margin, uh, they're gonna they're gonna put 450 to 460 million dollars of uh, sales on the books as these come out. Crazy, crazy. Um, I'm telling you, build for rents for real. And if you're following one rental at a time, what are you supposed to do? Invest around them, invest around them. So uh, a couple of other things to talk about. Uh, we will talk about the week ahead. I'm probably gonna close on the topic of inflation, but the week ahead is going to be about earnings and the Fed, man, next week, Next week's going to be probably the busiest, busiest week of the quarter. We have 165 of the S&P 500 companies reporting. That's more than a third. It's a big week, folks. And also we have key economic data for one rental at a time, i.e. housing, i.e. consumers. I mean, next week's going to be wild. Uh, and then, of course, we have, just to top it all off, the Fed meeting starting Tuesday and reporting Wednesday. Man, next week's going to be crazy. So let's go through the week as I see it. Monday, we got Tesla, 
Hasbro and Otis Worldwide. Tesla is always fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to guess they had a blowout quarter. I think Q2, like 87% of the companies that have reported already have beaten earnings. How bad are analysts when 87% of companies beat their expectations? Analysts, you, you're worse than weather. Weather people? Weather men? Weather people? Well, whatever. You know what I mean. So Tesla will be interesting, right? Uh, I'm sure they will. Good numbers. For me, Tesla is about China. I'm going to be looking at Tesla's China data. I get a little feeling that China's being uh, not as friendly as maybe Tesla was hoping. Hasbro is going to be interesting um, because it, it's, you know, are we shopping still or are we going out enjoying experiences? I think there is proof that we are doing experiences and not buying toys. We shall see. And then Otis Worldwide is interesting, and you may not expect me to talk about an elevator and escalator company, but we got a lot of construction going on. You know, what's what's going on in other parts of the country? So o Otis Worldwide will be interesting. And then also we have new home sales. New home sales. Uh, and for me, again, it will be less about the current report, but what are their expectations? Uh, are they passing on margin? What's going on with lumber and appliances and all of that stuff? That's just Monday, folks. Man, we got a busy week. Tuesday, we got Apple, right? Uh, I think a month or two ago, we talked about Apple trying to increase or their component suppliers increasing output. Uh, we got Alphabet, 3M, Visa, Pulte Group, Starbucks, Sherman Williams, and the Cheesecake Factory. I usually do this, and I think I, every week I pick a day that's going to be most meaningful, and I think it's going to be Tuesday next week. Apple, just for what's going on with... Uh, the technology in their phones, Alphabet, ad revenue, 3M. 3M is interesting. It's because I think they are going to start paying the price. Can you think of a company other than maybe Clorox that will have a tougher year-on-year -year compare? 3M might be dicey. Uh, Visa, again, we're going to figure out what's going on with the consumer. Also, will Visa repeat what Amex did and reverse bad debt to make the quarter? Kind of a dirty way to do it, but they will. I told you a year ago it would happen. Also, is Visa going to tell me about what part of the segment is increasing? Are they still shopping at home improvement stores, or are we going on vacation and buying airplanes? Pulte Group, another uh, home builder. Starbucks, are they still growing? Are they back to 2019 levels? Is there a part of the world that is shaky? Sherman Williams, uh, this is a painting company, right? Basically, homes. Uh, we talked about a painting company last week, but I get the feeling it may have been more auto and manufacturing. I didn't recognize the name, uh, but Sherman Williams will tell us, right? Are we still remodeling our homes or are we done and we're on vacation? And then really for me, Cheesecake Factory is going to be interesting. Cheesecake Factory has suffered greatly, uh, but with the return of Dine-In, we've had some pretty good signs from folks like Chipotle and the like. You know, is Cheesecake Factory coming back? We shall see. It's going to be important. Not to be outdone, also on Tuesday, why Tuesday is going to be the big day of the week, we have durable goods, FHFA housing prices, and consumer confidence. Again, this entire channel, if you were to ask me what it all boils down to, it is the consumer as an economist, every, every economist I know picks their favorite metric, and for me, it is the consumer. If I can figure out where the consumer is leaning or retreating from, I can invest around it. 
So I'm going to figure out, is the consumer getting more or less confident? Is this uptick in the Delta virus and the, and the talk of it on TV making people less or more concerned? We shall see on Tuesday. Wednesday, we get Facebook, Boeing, McDonald's, PayPal, and Ford. For me, it's going to be McDonald's and Ford. What is going on? Ford, the chips, what is going on? McDonald's, again, like kind of like Starbucks. Are we back to 2019 levels or not? Uh, we also have the Fed statement. And then more importantly, I don't expect anything in the Fed statement. It's the Q&A after with Powell, which might be interesting. Thursday, we got Amazon, Anheuser-Busch, MasterCard, Hilton, Yum Brands. Uh, for me, uh, Thursday is going to be about the consumer, right? It's are, are the consumers still shopping like nuts on Amazon? Uh, we got Anheuser-Busch, which came out after last week's disappointment with, who was that disappointment? Boston Beer. Ooh, we'll talk about them in a minute. Boston Beer got smoked on Friday. Ouch. Uh, MasterCard, same deal. What's the consumer doing? Hilton, what's going on with stays? What's going on with bookings later in the year? And then Yum Brands, right? Kind of, you know, Taco Bell and things of that nature. Uh, and then we have unemployment claims. Again, remember last week they were up. They were up over 400,000. Q2 GDP. Again, I expect Q2 GDP to be the peak of the year. Will it be north of seven? Will it be north of seven, five? We shall see. Uh, we have pending home sales as well. Ah, Thursday's a busy day too. And then we got Friday. We got Caterpillar and Procter & Gamble. For me, it's going to be about uh, Procter & Gamble. Are they, like others, going to be talking about inflation? And then lastly, we have the Fed's favorite PCE, which stands for Personal Consumption Expenditures. Will it once again report a high number? It's going to. And then lastly, uh, I just wanted to talk about inflation. For a while now, I've been trying to figure out where I, where I land on the inflation picture. Is it transitory or not? And last week was a big week, as I said it would. I wanted to see what is going on with the consumer, what is going on with consumer products. And lo and behold, um, I think inflation is going to be non-transitory. I think it's going to serve. It's going to be a problem for a year to eighteen months. We are simply printing too much money. Too much money is chasing too few goods. Yes, it is cute to talk about used cars. It is cute to talk about lumber. Those things will work themselves out without question. But what is brewing right now, and I've always felt is coming, cost of housing, the rental equivalent. When rental equivalent is going up in a lot more than Powell wants or expects. Food, just go to the grocery store. It's crazy. Uh, then you have the companies like, and I actually wrote them down. Where are they? I thought I wrote them down. Oh, yes. Chipotle, Whirlpool, Coke, Conagra, Domino's, Pizza Hut, or uh, Pepsi, all raising prices because of input, labor, and shipping. Folks, inflation is going to be a problem. It's going to stick around for a long time. Uh, the Fed will have to react. They're going to react late. They're going to react late. They just, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, yeah, so that's what I think. I'm now, with enough data, data and kind of review, I've got my, I formed my opinion. I was kind of squirrely for the last 30 days. But yeah, it's cute to talk about lumber and used cars and distract us. But the underlying fundamentals of what you and I buy, where we live, what we fill our tank with, what we buy, all these things are going up. And uh, they're going to go up for some time. And oh, by the way, we're not done. We're talking about, what, $4 trillion coming down the pipeline? 
it's not only the U.S. Europe is talking about another trillion. Folks, you know, you start spending enough trillions, it turns into real money. And uh, yeah, I don't have good news on the inflation front, unfortunately. Uh, and then, you know, as I also told you, this debt ceiling thing's going to come out. Looks like Yellen is out there urging Congress to either raise or suspend the debt limit, which is kind of scary. Suspending it would be, oh my God, frightening. Um, so get ready for that to become a problem by the end of next week. All right, remember, we will be talking in 14 minutes for our live Q&A session. I hope to see you back. Have a wonderful day. It is the weekend. If you're thinking about real estate investing, get the course, do the work. Stop listening to these talking heads talking about um you know, real estate being unaffordable. I just did a 40-year comparison yesterday, full-on spreadsheet, price, interest rate, 20% down, payment, income. And when you compare monthly income with the debt service of a single-family home, it's never been cheap. At least 2020 was never cheaper. It's embarrassing how wrong these people can be. Take care, everyone. Bye.